0: Hey guys and welcome back to the Duke Wisdom podcast. Uh, today was a busy day. Sure was you know you're probably you're listening to this on Halloween. so happy Halloween everybody. I uh, hope everybody has a, a safe and fun fun night tonight if you haven't already gone out and done, done some sort of Halloween activity over the weekend uh, that if you're dressing up that kind of thing man if you've got a Duke costume, uh, post a picture in that Duke costume, tag me in it. I don't know if anybody will do that, but I think that could be fun to, fun to see. But, uh, uh right before Halloween, Yukon fans got a scare on Halloween Eve. Um, and man, so did I, I was, you know, there's very few times during the week that I'm going to be, that I'm going to have my phone completely off my person and be awake and, from like eight to nine <laughs> on Monday mornings is one of those times. I was, you know, in the gym playing some volleyball, and actually, and so wrap things up, and I walk over there back to my my bag. I grab my phone, and I see a Twitter notification from Joe Tipton, and I see Cooper Flag's name, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This dude just committed at like eight something in the morning," and so I rush and. Uh, Get into my drafts where I already had a few a few tweets lying in wait. Um, Figured that this news would be coming pretty soon. Seemed like the news was going to come Thursday, but in lieu of um, the events in Maine and the shooting in Maine, Cooper Flag decided to keep attention on that event and um, push his decision back. One of the coolest ways I think anybody has ever committed to Duke in. Um, announcing it on the cover of Slam. I mean, that's very, very, very cool. Uh, he's on the cover of Slam 247 if you're not subscribed to the magazine. Make sure to go pick one of those copies up. Great, great piece for, for any Duke collection and uh, support some 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 sports writers, baby. Go pick up Slam magazine. Uh, just a super dope way to make that commitment. It seems like from, from some of the stuff being said, Trilly Donovan saying it, that UConn was... That they made themselves a player, that they asserted themselves in, in Cooper Flagg's recruitment. But it was such an uphill battle. I mean, Cooper Flagg and his whole family with their, their history of being Duke fans, it was always probably a losing battle for anybody getting involved. You know, kudos to UConn for trying their hardest and kudos to the fans for truly believing in, in that program They're building something special there. They're they're a really good team. And Duke fans probably don't want to hear that from me right now, given the recent feuding on Twitter between the fan bases. But um, Duke ends up prevailing in this. There's no reason to hold grudges against the UConn fans for this. Um, Cooper flags a blue devil. He's one of many number one overall recruits to commit to Duke. You know, just in recent memory, I think Derek Lively actually fell off the one line. By the end of the season, he ended up being the number two recruit. Was the number one for a while. You know, you had Derek Whitehead as the number three, Kyle is the number four, um, Apollo, number two. Um, you know, and so many of these guys have been landed during the the Shire era, and he's land- John Shire has continued this recruiting legacy for anybody who said recruiting would fall off post Coach K they didn't realize that the Duke brand had been built up so much in the last 40 years that it exceeded Coach K. He was the one that helped build the brand to its massive stature, and he built it to such a place that it exceeds even his large stature. Duke basketball's brand now is bigger than Coach K, and I think that's something that is difficult for certain fan bases to wrap their head around. Of course, anyone that still thought that Recruiting would dip down for Coach K. didn't know uh, how deep John Shire was into the recruiting bag even before he became the head coach. And then, of course, there's that one tweet that we always have to relish any time a guy like this commits to Duke. The guy that said that Grayson Allen was recruiting or was hurting Duke's recruiting. You hate to see it. I mean, since, since, since that tweet went out, Duke has landed Marvin Bagley, Trey Jones, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Vernon Carey, um, Paulo Boncaro, AJ Griffin, Mark Williams, Jeremy Roach, Derek Lively, Kyle Filipowski, Derek Whitehead, uh, Jared McCain, Cooper Flagg, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, it's so many guys and this program is so tremendously successful recruiting wise. It's, it's honestly pretty ludicrous. It really is. But it was a, a a big thing to see Cooper Flagg commit this morning and finally make that official, becoming a Blue Devil. And I think that there are certainly questions about how he fits in the class and, you know, how that'll affect VJ Edgecomb's recruitment. And if Edgecomb commits, how does that affect the players already committed? You know, there's a couple of couple of things of discourse created from uh, the athletics Duke and UNC beat writer Brendan Marks. Uh, so, Brendan said that, you know, Duke's not done. Clearly, they're not done. Still a major player for Harper and the Gongba. He seems to imply that he thinks Duke a bigger player for Harper and the Gongba Then for Edgecombe. Uh, he thinks maybe that one of the pre existing 6566 wings would need to decommit for an Edgecombe commitment. I, you know, I can see a world in which that happens. There's a lot of traffic. Coming in at those positions, I've always thought Edgecombe was the least likely of the three guys that visited at countdown. I I don't know how I feel about Dylan Harper right now. I think there's just nothing happening in the Dylan Harper commitment. And I think if a commitment happens sooner, it is certainly not going to be Duke. If a commitment's happening in April. Duke's maybe the team to get him, because if he waited that long, he's probably waiting on Foster and McCain's decisions and so then Duke could be a big player. If he makes a commitment before then, I'd wager my bet hard that he's going to Rutgers. So I, I, I'm going to kind of table the Dylan Harper discussion for a little bit. I do think, you know, Patrick Nagongba's commitment coming up on November fourth. I expect it to be to Duke. I'm not going to say it's a shoe-in or anything. That is my proje- projection, though. So that commitment coming on on Saturday uh, between Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas State. But back to some of that discourse with with Cooper Flag and then how that affects BJ Edgecombe and can Edgecombe really become a a Blue Devil? But I think the other the other piece of sort of a, a controversial take that that Marks put out earlier today was that he said that Cooper Flag might actually be a a bigger like commitment and hyped up player uh, than Zion Williamson that he might actually be the biggest one that that Duke has landed. And I thought that was a really interesting take. I want to find the exact words. He said, yeah, here's the exact words. He said, I would argue Flag is coming into college with more hype or at least more widespread name brand recognition than Zion or even Paulo Boncaro. Different games, though. Zion is obviously the better athlete, but Flag is a much better defender. And I'd argue finished product. I mean, it's possible that Cooper Flag's a better finished product. I'm not even going to try to debate who's the better player between he and Zion Williamson. I think that's completely aside the point. I'm not going to debate who's better between he and Paulo Boncaro. I think he's certainly higher hyped than Boncaro. I think Boncaro was really hyped in the NBA draft universe. He was a very highly acclaimed player by scouts. But I don't think like when Paulo committed to Duke, it wasn't like groundbreaking news. He made it fairly early, but it wasn't like groundbreaking news. And I don't think that people really realized a whole lot about him until he right before he came into Duke. I don't think the hype around Paulo was even top three or even top five um, of the modern recruiting era, which I would call like since Duke's been getting a bunch of one and dones, I would say that Jaleel Okafor and Tyus Jones were more hyped up than Paulo was. I think certainly Jabari Parker. Was, was, I mean, people are really having a little bit of a short memory here. Jabari Parker was phenomenally hyped. He covered, he covered Slam or Sports Illustrated multiple times in high school and like five times at Duke. I mean, he had like eight or nine magazine covers <laughs> through his rookie season in the NBA. He was extremely hyped at every single level. I mean, his uh, cover of Sports Illustrated with him playing at Simeon uh, High School. Uh, he's he's literally says, is he the next LeBron? You know, and so I think that's a, a big name that we're looking past. Uh, I think Jason Tatum was pretty hyped, but I think his hype became a lot larger once he got to Duke. Although still very much a hyped player in high school, uh, he had his own song. Come on. Duke's had some really hyped players. And I think Cooper Flagg is toward the top of that list. I, however, don't think that he's even in the stratosphere of Zion Williamson. I think if you got, you know, 10 random people that watch sports and you're like, who's Cooper Flagg? A decent amount of them would know who Cooper Flagg is. If he did that back in 2018 with Zion Williamson. They'd be like, oh, the dude with the dunk mixtape. Like Zion Williamson's recognition and notoriety was unreal. When Cooper Flagg committed to Duke, I was like, man, that's really cool. When, you know, and I'm like, that's gonna be must see television. He's gonna be an absolute stud. Zion Williamson was just like unfathomable. It was like the the amount of attention that Duke was gonna get because of Zion, and the amount of attention they got because of Zion was unfathomable. I think that where Brendan's coming at this is that Cooper Flag is the guy in 2024. That there's no one really rivaling him in terms of popularity and hype. And so it seems like he's just got all the attention for this class. Zion was sort of sharing that with RJ and Cam. But even if he was sharing it with RJ and Cam, I actually think that them going to Duke boosted him up even more and even further. I mean, Drake was wearing his Jersey. He was just an unbelievable high. I actually think Jabari Parker was also more hyped than Cooper flag was even in a. I mean, he's in a social media era and social media has gotten so much bigger, but I think, that, I think that Zion Williamson and then probably Jabari Parker are still the top two most hyped high school players to commit to Duke. And I think Cooper Flagg's got an argument for third. There's a lot of competition there. Um, and people could argue with me either way on that. But I think that that's an interesting discussion to be had. Certainly a happy day for a lot of Duke fans with the commitment of Cooper Flagg. Patrick N'Gongba's commitment on the horizon and with that, I'll leave the recruiting talk and get more into this year's team. Want to join a community of Duke accounts publishing news, theories, and predictions on Duke athletics? Join the Duke Wisdom Network. Just go to dukewisdom.org slash joinnetwork today and fill out the form with your name and social media, or you can DM at duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. Become a part of the community of Duke fans publishing their takes today. Again. That's dukewisdom.org slash joinnetwork or DM at duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. So there was a secret scrimmage, a not so secret scrimmage, this weekend against number 22 Villanova. That's results have remained curiously secret. <laughs> I know that sounds ironic given it's a secret scrimmage, but, you know, in years passed pretty immediately after Duke played Uh, scrimmage against Villanova two years ago, it was known that Duke won the game in a blowout. Last year, it didn't take long to find out the exact score of the Houston-Duke game and that Duke had lost. So I don't think that whether Duke won or lost has anything to do with the score not being leaked. I think they're just playing it close to the chest. I've heard from, you know, seen from a lot of people that Duke may have fallen short in the game, but ultimately Filipowski played phenomenally. Jeff Goodman said that. He also said that he heard Jared McCain and Caleb Foster played well, which is nice to hear. And then you've heard the reports that Duke won handily even. Um, I think it's possible that those reports could be muddled toward maybe Duke did win handily in like the first half and then didn't in the second because weird lineup combinations and these scrimmages are just teams trying to get their footing. You know, it's nothing too serious. But honestly, I don't know how... <laughs> Any or if you can really trust any of those reports, I'm not sure. uh, If we will get the opportunity to see what the score was, honestly, it's been, you know, a few days now since it happened, it kind of seems like we might not get the score. And that's fine, I think. Like, I've got no problem with not seeing the score. I think that it is a very good Game to play for Duke to get a bunch of experience, and I think that that it will benefit them a lot in the long run playing a top twenty-five team before the season starts. But talking about some scrimmages, there's been a lot of charity scrimmages. That's something I think Duke should get into next year is playing charity scrimmage, maybe in Cameron or somewhere, you know, in North Carolina in the Greensboro Coliseum, something like that. But drawing a big crowd, getting really hyped up because these these games have been really fun to watch and they've been challenging my top 25 you know my number five and six teams michigan state and tennessee played tennessee got the better uh of msu duke will play kansas lost to illinois number one kansas lost to number 25 illinois uh which was interesting certainly and then arkansas you know just packed out their stadium in what's probably a preview of what it'll look like when duke comes to town they knocked off number three purdue there have been some really high quality matchups and it seems like the lower ranked teams win in everything. Florida Atlantic lost like another game. <laughs> They're not looking too great. I'm feeling pretty good about ranking them way lower than the top 10. Um, so a lot of interesting scrimmages and a lot of interesting uh, things to look at in terms of of how these top 25 teams are really stacking up and. I don't know how much stock you can really hold in these, but we are officially, from the time I'm recording this, a week out from day one of the regular season. Duke will match up with Dartmouth. I'll talk more about that Dartmouth game on Thursday, and I will also recap the UNC Pembroke exhibition, which I'm very hyped, very hyped for. Um, So UNC Pembroke last season, I think was like 26 and four. Uh, So a solid team obviously not a division one opponent and exhibitions never are, um, shouldn't struggle to win the game. If you're Duke, if they are, that's a big red flag that they might have some early season struggles. I wouldn't expect to see that. I, I don't know exactly what to expect, you know, in terms of how big of a blowout it should be. You know, there's always the, you want to win by as much as possible. The 2018, 19 Duke team won by like 80 something. Never expect to win by 80 something, but, Expect you know a solid showing and to see a bunch of different lineup combinations and see these guys getting their footing. I'm especially interested to see how the freshmen play. I'm especially interested to see who the fifth starter is. And I'm especially interested to see how Christian Reeves plays not in Countdown to Craziness. Are they going to pursue using Christian Reeves in a similar fashion to how they used him at Countdown to Craziness? Are they going to seek him out in the same ways? Or is he just going to kind of come in with the second string, fade in, and be forgotten? I hope that's not the case. Uh, and I really hope that they that they look to you, Sean Stewart, in a similar way as Reeves. When he comes into the games, I hope the freshmen get big roles in that game so we can see what they're all about and get them more run before it's officially official against Dartmouth. like to see Power and Stewart get a lot of time on the court. like to see McCain and Foster get time together and then... With Proctor and with Roach as well, see different lineup combinations with those guards. You know, I don't want to see all the time Roach and Proctor in the backcourt and then McCain and Foster come in for them. I'd like to see some Roach Foster, some Roach McCain, some Proctor Foster, some Proctor McCain. You know, I want to see some different lineup combos or, you know, three out of four of them for three guard lineups is something that can certainly happen. I want to see that beast of a performance that. Uh, Kyle Filipowski allegedly had against Villanova. I want to see that in person. You know, I want to see more of those, those aggressive high flying dunks, like the one he threw down at countdown to hip flip in full action. Um, I want to see that three point shooting in full effect. That's something I'm looking forward to want to see just how good of a three point shooting team. This team really is. I don't think we saw it at countdown. We saw a glimpse of it. Jeremy Roach certainly shot the ball. Well, I think Proctor could shoot it better. I think McCain's going to shoot very well during the season. Um, they didn't really show a countdown. So many shooters, so many weapons. I'm really looking forward to seeing all of that coming together. And of course, you know, the season on the horizon, I don't, I don't feel like I need to do a whole lot of, um, you know, opponent preview against Pembroke because it's Pembroke and, you know, it's not like there's a Ken Pom ranking and I, I need to do a big statistical analysis, man. Maybe I will if they give Duke a hard time, you know, never say never. I think it was Northwest, like Missouri, might even be Northwest Missouri State that gave Duke trouble back before the 2019-2020 season. Almost had a heart attack during that one. It was like a six point game. So hopefully we don't see anything like that. But exhibition on, uh, on Wednesday, this Wednesday, Dartmouth game upcoming on Monday. We have a set decision date for Patrick Ngongba. On November 4th, that's something certainly to look forward to. And of course, Duke fans bask in the glory of landing yet another number one player in Cooper Flag. Uh, You know, you talk about in terms of players that have been ranked either at at some point for most of the season or at the end of the season. You're talking Cooper Flag, class of 2024, Derek Lively 22. Um, Zion, Zion Williamson at a point in 18, but then mostly R.J. Barrett. In 2018, Marvin Bagley in 17, Harry Giles in 16, Jaleel Okafor in 14. Um, Duke has had tremendous success landing the most coveted player in recruiting classes. And that has not changed with John Shire at the helm. I don't think it's going to change. They have a very good chance at landing one of the top players in the country next year, Cameron Boozer. And that is something I'm looking forward to is the sort of uh, attention shift to the class of 25. Once Nagongba commits, Duke's looking at VJ Edgecombe, and I think in the long term is looking at Harper if he remains uncommitted for a while. But they can shift most of their attention from that point because those are the only two question marks. They're not actively going out and trying to look for anybody else, hosting a lot of visits, nothing like that. They can then shift their attention and they already have been. They've been doing at home visits with players for the class of 25 and they can really hunker down and try to build that 2025 class, which I think will be, uh, should be another big one as well. Big things coming uh, going on and uh, a big week ahead of us for Duke basketball. Thanks so much for listening. As always, guys, uh, make sure to follow at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter and Instagram. Um, go to dukewisdom.org to check out some articles, see the podcast page, and uh, hopefully we'll have um, some more new articles coming in. We've had some new writers expressing interest. And If you want to join the Duke Wisdom Network, become a writer, hey, go to dukewisdom.org slash join network. You, you hear the ad read every every episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow the pod, and I'll talk to you guys Thursday.